Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Terry N and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, January 16th, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the big book. We're in the doctor's opinion. We are on page XXIX on the first paragraph, starting with on the other hand and reading that one paragraph. Today's readers are the 12 steps, Anne-Marie M., the 12 traditions, Christina L., and readers of the text are Hoodie R., Nancy T., and Madeline R. Our newcomer greeter is Leon B, and our host for the second hour is Sandy W. The share IDs for yesterday, Tuesday, January 15th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 12,418. That's 12418. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 12,420, 12420. Overeaters and OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now now ask Anne-Marie M. to please read the 12 steps. Thank you, Carrie. This is Anne-Marie M., compulsive overeater in South Carolina. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe in a power greater than ourselves that could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Nine, I'm sorry, ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I'll pass. Thank you, Anne-Marie M. I'll now ask Christina L. to please read the 12 Traditions. 
Good morning. This is Christina L. from Florida, and these are the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. In 12, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Christina L. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book in the doctor's opinion on page XXIX, the first paragraph starting with on the other hand, and we're reading that and commenting on that one paragraph. I will now ask Hoodie R to please get us started. Good morning, Terry. This is Hoodie R, a recovered compulsive overeater. On the other hand, and strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, once a psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems he despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol, the only effort necessary being that required to, that required to follow a few simple rules. And, um, you know, what a good paragraph for me to read this morning and a reminder for me of what my requirement is today. 
you know, once a psychic change has occurred, and that psychic change is a total mind transformation of thought and attitude in life. I'm no longer the same person, the same person that thought the way I did, that felt the way I do. I have a whole new life that that I have uh, complete. My, those ideas, attitudes, and emotions on life had totally changed. And yes, coming from that desperate place, I was doomed. There was no more there was no way to go. I was falling apart um, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. I was down the dumps, and I could have just, you know, and there was no, I, um, and I had so many problems in my life. My life was unmanageable, and um, suddenly I'm able to control my desire for food and, and be able to eat like a normal person, but you know that control is that I'll never have that control. But I had to be nest. I had to make that um, utter surrender, and and I was required to make that surrender and say I cannot do this anymore. I need help. Um, and then when I was able to admit complete defeat that I was totally out of options, and I was willing to f- to follow the direction of a recovered compulsive overeater and follow a few simple rules. These rules are these, are these 12 steps, um, these steps two, 2 to 12. When practiced as a way of life, they will produce, a, produce recovery, and um, I will no longer be who I am. Um, and so these simple rules, you know, simple but not easy, a price has to be paid, and that is ego deflation, and I, um, you know, every single day I have to remember that these are my requirements. I have to work these simple rules, these steps in my life, and that will enable me to f- to fix my internal self. And how do I do that? By following the directions of my recovered sponsor. And you know, I yes, I for me, I am required to use those outside tools, those exter- external tools of recovery that OA has give, gives me to enable me to work these steps as if my life depends on it and so that I will, will be transformed in my, in my mind and, and physically. So, yes, you know, I, can, I not have control, but I need structure and discipline in my life so that I will work these steps and so that I don't have to live the way I lived. And I could say, you know, yes, my ideas have changed and today I'm grateful for this recovery. And um, that's for today. Just a daily reprieve sufficient to bring about recovery, and I'm grateful. And thank you all for being here. And it's just simple. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Hoodie R. Okay, now we open it up for sharing. Um, please say your Nancy name P. once, and I'll repeat it back. Matt M. Nancy P. Mike, Mike Nancy P. Larry, Matt M. Larry Let me repeat Kay. it back. Brandy M. <laughs> Okay. Stop. 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 Sorry. I got Nancy M and Matt M. I mean Nancy, Nancy, Nancy P. Nancy P. and Matt M. That's all I got. Larry Let me Brandy. Brandy. Okay. Somebody W. Lance Melissa Larry. Lance Melissa Larry. Stop. We're done. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, sorry. Who was? I got Barbara. Oh, you did. Thank you. Okay. So I have. I'm missing somebody. W. 
Magdalena W. Magdalena W. Okay. That's who I have. We are stopping here. I have Nancy P, Matt M, Magdalena W, Barbara E, Lance, I think L, Larry K, and Melissa C. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So, Nancy M, please go ahead. I mean, P, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thanks for letting me share. Um, Nancy P from Boston. Yeah, I never thought that it was like every day it was like a mountain that I had to climb or a desert that I had to cross. And I couldn't see my way out of it. In spite of being intimately familiar with this program and with these steps, um, or intimately familiar with what they looked like, not with what they meant, and not that I ever did any work. But once I was really forced to my knees, you know, I love this this metaphor that I came up with, like forced to my knees, blindfolded, handcuffed behind my back, and a gun to my head, then I surrendered. And then I finally was able to, you know, lose the, what does it say? I don't have my big book in front of me. Um, come out of the shadow of re- reason that I, in whose shadow I had shivered so long, like what Bill says. You know, I, I um, not so much about a higher power, but just like being willing to just do whatever I was told and trust that the belief would come. And in fact, I didn't you know, really trust it. I mean, I didn't really, not trust or not trust. I was just like afraid I was keeping a dark secret when I finally confessed to my sponsor in a whisper that I didn't think, I didn't know if it was going to work for me because I didn't think that I believed in God. She blew it off and said, well, you haven't had a spiritual awakening yet, so don't worry about it. And and so I, you know, like the old saying, you know, when are we going to get to England? Shut up and keep swimming. Um, you know, that's what it was. I just sort of kept my head down. I did what she said. I worked it hard every day and, you know, every day. And, um, and, and it really did happen for me, you know, and, and, you know, I said this to a sponsee the other night, I'm not special. Like, why would it work for everybody else and not for me? Like everybody else that follows these directions exactly gets what they say. So why, if I did exactly what it said, why would it not work for me? And the answer, because, you know, is it because I'm special? I thought I was special for my whole life, but I found out that I'm not special at all. And um, and it did work for me. And never have I been so grateful not to be special, you know. And um, when, once, you know, these, I it used to say, you know, I used to think few simple rules. Well, a few means really three, not 12. So it's not really a few. But um, when I think about the number of rules that, you know, steps that there are in relation to, you know, in comparison to the number of excuses and lies and, and you know, different things, ways that I twisted myself into denial, then it's chump change. So, um, you know, the, the, the number is, is nothing. So I, um, today I enjoy a life of sane, happy usefulness. Um, I, I work on my character defects on a daily basis with a 10th step buddy. And, you know, I can honestly say in spite of some very big challenges in my life that don't seem to go away, they're pretty stubborn. Um, I myself am fine and happy, joyous and free, but, you know, and that itself, you know, every day I wake up and, you know, and it's a new day that I can't believe that I'm, that I'm recovered, that I, you know, I embrace the day every day, even when I'm, scared to death and, and things come up, I know what the answers are for all of those things. I used to be hopeless, you know, drowning in it. And today when it wants to drown me, I, um, I know I'm, what to do. And so thank you. And so I, um, I keep my head above water and with that I'll pass. Thank you all. Blessings. 
Thank you very much, Nancy P. Okay, next up we have Matt M. followed by Magdalena W. Ahead, Thank Jack. you, Terry. Thank you, Terry Ann, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M. a compulsive overeater. You know, I've been in the rooms over 10 years, and I think I finally just started to get what it really means to work those few simple rules, those 12 steps. That's what they're saying when they say a few simple rules. I'm a very stubborn person by nature, and I don't really take direction well when, I'm in the, when I was in the food. So when I was trying to come out of the food, it was really hard for me to listen to a sponsor. I've gone through multiple sponsors over the years, and each one has taught me a little bit something different about myself and who I was as a person. I want to live a life of happy joy, be happy, joyous, and free, a life of state and happy usefulness. I want to live a life of acting on life rather than reacting to it as it's a new way of living. I want to be the person that people can count on, that people can look to and look up to and, and really respect because I learned I, I didn't really respect myself very much because of what I was doing to my body, you know, being almost 700 pounds and dying a slow, painful death, to a death by, as Harlan says, death by Dorito. I really was a, I really was a miserable wretch, and I, I'm very grateful today that I, I came out of that, and I'm looking to out to the other side of that. You know, I've given away 350 pounds, and I'm still working towards my goal. I still have another couple hundred to lose, and I'm not, it's not about the weight. It's about the weight between my ears. You know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm learning. It's about getting out of my own head and getting out and helping others as well, making those outreach calls, just asking how the other person is doing, going to meetings and, and sharing, going to do service to meetings. I moderate phone meetings, a couple of meetings that I do too. I, I send people letters. I, um, I call and make phone calls to people who are sick or struggling with newcomers. I do different things like that because I want to stay connected to my higher power and I want to stay connected to everybody in the rooms. So if I disappear, I'll get phone calls like, Matt, where have you been? You know, so, you know, I can't just disappear off the face of the earth anymore because people will notice it. And that's what I did. I made myself indistinguishable. I'm just another bozo on the bus. But you know what? I'm, I, I'm important. Just like everybody else is important because there's only, only going to be one of me in this world. And I want to make sure I make a positive impact on the world. I don't want to be such a negative Nelly anymore. I want to be someone people, like I said, can respect and look up to. I want to have what they call integrity. I want to have my integrity back. And when I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And I'm very grateful that one day, day after day, day uh, one day at a time, that I'm working through that. I can, I can tell, still have to wake up every morning and tell myself, Matt, you are worth it, and Matt, you are worth working this program. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt M. Magdalena W. You're up, followed by Barbara E. Uh, thank you, uh, Magdalena W. From the UK, uh, compulsive overeater, restrictor, anorexic bulimic. Um, yeah, it's great to be sharing today on on the, how do I know I've had a psychic change? How do I know that's occurred? Well, in this recovery from addiction around food, I know it's occurred because for the first time in my life, I have neutrality around food, which is very surprising to me. To the point that I don't even care that much about food anymore. If it's not a meal time, I eat when it's a meal time and I, I don't when it's not and I don't obsess. And even though I was a an ace food controller before I came into OA, I had the mental obsession so strongly it was so affecting my life. And now I don't have it. And that's just in probably eight short months in a vision which is incredible. I was in a food program before that and I didn't have neutrality. So to go on from that, um, 
I have got neutrality around food, and that's the first thing. But as I understand food is my solution, I am left with the problems, the problems in my psyche that um, are still changing. You know, with the help of this program, these simple rules, um, with my developing relationship with my higher power, I need to know that um, sometimes I will struggle in, um, in it on a daily basis. But that is part of my recovering self and that these are things that I can take to my higher power, that I can talk to you guys about, that I can help others in order to get out of the bondage of myself. So I feel reassured by this psychic change and that hopefully it is still continuing. Well, I trust that it's still continuing as long as I continue to follow the, the few simple rules and... Uh, you know, stay living in steps 10, 11, and 12. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Magdalena W. Next up, we have Barbara E., followed by Lance L. Thank you so much. Wow. Good stuff. It is vital for me to concede that I am of alcoholic temperament if I was ever to achieve sobriety. And the odds were certainly against me if I didn't admit complete defeat and surrender. And that t- took being tr- tr- truthful with myself. As this person of alcoholic temperament, I can't differentiate the truth from the false. By learning to be honest with myself and admit an honest desire to get over this compulsive overeating, I finally began to uh, work this spiritual program of, af- of action. I needed that psychic change to surrender my queen baby ego to a higher power. It's absolutely necessary. And it says the only effort necessary, notice it does not say suggested, is to follow a few simple rules. Folks, they're not simple. This is soul surgery and impossible while I was still in the food. At some of those I balked. Balked is a baseball term. The pitcher winds up to throw and then doesn't follow through. And some of us quit before we complete the steps. We balked. And there, I, if I balked, it would immediately start me on that chain of descent to the ground again. A spree remorse, resolution, failure, repeated over and over again. My victimhood was ripped away when I gave up the food and I realized that I was responsible. And that's an uncomfortable feeling for me to feel all my feelings. So I had to fight, I had to reach out to people, I had to pray, I had to do everything I could. But There is hope in order to engage in a course of overeating recovery. I had to have the hope of success. Without hope, why try? And I tried, and I tried all different ways before OA. And I'm here to tell you, if you're new or in relapse, it works. It's been two decades now, but it's not easy. It's work. And I have to do all the steps every single day. And I can't pick and choose. 
I use the tools, I use the steps, and I know that that a paragraph above that we read yesterday is the heart of the program. It, it, it does speak the language of the heart. And I must have this spiritual awakening as a result. It's the cornerstone of the program. And until it was absorbed, thank you, until it was absorbed into myself, the only thing I would have of was living in pain. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Next up, we have Lance L. followed by Larry K. Go ahead, Lance. Press star one, Lance, on mute. Maybe I didn't hear a Lance. <laughs> Um, it was a jumble of names, so maybe I missed, misheard. Uh, are you there, Lance? Okay. Uh, how about if we go to Larry Kay? This is fun, Terry. This is fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's, 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 a, it's a pleasure to be here. The, um, I'm going to focus on this uh, strange as this may seem. It does seem a bit odd, doesn't it? I mean, they're telling us that, that once the psychic change happens, the desire for our alcoholic foods will be gone. And it wasn't enough for me to know how this was going to happen. That, that's the process. The how is the process. That's, that's the steps. It's always been. See, I, I needed to know why. Why was this going to happen? And in my ego-driven curiosity to uncover the why, that would serve to keep me stuck in the spiritual malady for years, even, even in a way, even desiring this change. You know, the how versus the why syndrome, really, for me. It was important for me to look at this because it was keeping me from following the precise instructions which would allow me to become untethered from self. And once I became untethered from self by working these steps, trusting in the process, Yes, the obsession to eat would be lifted. But until that happened, it would not be lifted for me. And the main difference between the two is that the how is used to know the manner in which something happens. Simple enough. Whereas the why is asked to find out the reason behind it. I want to know why the obsession will be removed. And like a stubborn, ego-driven dictator, <laughs> I, I refuse to be made a fool of. I mean, you're not going to make me into a sucker. I'm not going to give my time and effort into something that I don't fully understand. I don't want to know how A leads to B. I want to know why. So I'm going to tell you the why in my experience. Simple, God's mercy and grace. And that is not a scientific principle. It has nothing to do with your metabolism or your upbringing or your marriage or your anything. God's mercy and grace is the only thing I can come up with. If I'm wrong, I'm a delusional person that shows up every day sharing this message because God did remove the obsession. That wasn't all he did, but it, the, the obsession was lifted. The how is the process. We work the steps. We trust the process. The why is God's grace and mercy, period, for me. I'm no longer stuck in the spiritual malady by the grace of God. With that, I pass. Thanks, Terry. Thank you, Larry Kay. 
Uh, we'll try once more um, if Lance L. is out there, would like to share. Okay, I must not have heard him. How about Melissa C., you're up. <laughs> Hi, good morning, Kelly. Thank you so much for your service this morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, you know, I love to read this paragraph right after the paragraph that, that we read yesterday because, or we completed yesterday. Because, you know, the paragraph that we talked about, you know, yesterday and, and a few days before is about the addiction cycle and how um, we can't get out of it. We can't break free of it. We can't, you know, and I shared how, for me, it was a spiral, it, and it just kept getting tighter and tighter and, and worse and worse. And really what happens is when I followed the few simple rules, it's like a scissor just came and snipped it. And now it's 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 not that cycle anymore. It doesn't, you know, I'm not stuck doing the same thing over and over again um, against my will. And, you know, what got me out of that tight spiral were these few simple rules. And um, I am, God, I'm so incredibly grateful that it got bad enough that I stopped deciding that I wasn't going to follow all of the ones, that I was just going to follow the ones that made sense to me. And that somewhere, you know, in my in my crazy thinking, the realization did come to me that you don't have the right to pick and choose anymore. You've surrendered that. You don't even have the ability to manage how much food, something so basic, how much food you consume. My dog can do that. And you know, and um, and at the same time, I expect my dog to follow my rules, right? So I'm going to need to follow some of the, you know, not some, all of the rules. And the incredible thing is that um, I thought that I was going to get stronger than the desire. I, I kept thinking I'm going to finally get enough willpower to get that tiger that we've always told, you know, been told in OA, you got to take it out of the cage three times a day and get it back in safely. I thought, that's right, I'm going to get stronger than the tiger, my cage is going to be stronger than that tiger, and I'm going to be able to keep it, you know, under lock and key when I feel like it. And really what happens when you follow the few simple rules is that the tiger transforms into a kitten. And that's what's happened. My desire for food is not what it once was. It is not to that uh, that deep strength that it once had. Occasionally, it, it flickers up. But I have, you know, I have a set of directions that tells me precisely what to do. And so that desire just doesn't exist. I can be around. This is why we're on the line. This is why I'm on the line every day because this is the best news ever. No more diets. No more control. You know, it's I just surrender. And the desire has been removed. Um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Perfect timing. Thank you, Melissa C. Okay, um, if you just or joined us or you joined us late, we're in the doctor's opinion on page XXIX, the first paragraph starting with on the other hand, and we're reading that one paragraph. So I'm going to ask who else wants to share, but please say your name and then let me repeat it back. Who's after Vasa? It was a woman. Amy G. Nancy T. Amy G. Amy G. Um, somebody, Sam? 
Nancy T okay. is in Tom. Nancy T. Okay, I have Vasa, Amy G, Nancy T. Who else would like to share? Russ M. Deborah M. <laughs> Deborah M. Deborah in Rockville. Somebody in Rockville. Laura. Laura in Rockville. All right, let's go with that. Thank you, everyone. That was way better. Okay, Vasa, you're up. <laughs> Followed by Amy G. Sorry, I just unmuted. Thank you, Terry, Terry for your service. And Vasa, grateful, recovered, compulsive Vita calling from Florida. Yeah, by the time I came to my first meeting of, our, of Overeaters Anonymous, I was so ready to admit that I was powerless over the food. I, of course I was powerless. I tried to control it for 25 years of my life by the time I came to OA. I, I was so ready, and I was just so willing to do whatever it took. I did not want to die, and the disease was getting progressively, and I didn't even know anything was a, it was a disease, and I didn't even know I had the allergy. So that was like revelation to me. I was so grateful to find that at least I, I found out what, what part of it what was wrong with me. And then I, I, you know, I was 12-step for about a week before I came to my first meeting, and my sponsor said, the only way this is going to work, Vasa, if you surrender to a power greater than yourself and work the 12 steps and the tools and whatever it took. And, you know, as I said earlier, I was ready and I was willing even I was terrified to get on my knees and to surrender to a power greater than myself. I didn't know whether this God was going to strike me down or raise me. And, uh, yeah, I went in the bathroom from our first meeting. I ran, you know, we said goodbye to each other. I went in the bathroom. And I, I was ready. I was just so ready and willing. I said, God, my higher power, I surrender. I put the food in your hands. I was terrified to say my life and my will. I said it, but I didn't mean it. You know, I was ready to surrender 150% with the food, but I was hesitant with my life and my will. And I did have that spiritual experience. I heard a small voice. It was like electrical. It hit me from my head to my heart. And, you know, I, I don't hear this often at the meetings, but some people have it. And I believe it now because I have it. If I didn't have that experience, I probably wouldn't have believed And some people get it more gradual. And I, I, I love to hear about that part. And that was the beginning. I was the beginning. And all of a sudden, from that moment, I, I, could, I, started, I became like a new person. The old me died, a new person began. And all of a sudden, I was getting that power from the higher power that I felt that connection, I could, do, I could do it a little bit better. I had more strength to do it from, you know, to resist from the food or to do it one meal at a time, one day at a time. It was hard going through the withdrawals, but I started drawing on that power. Please, God, don't let me get to the food, especially my allergies, food, then, sugars, flour, stuff like that. And then that was just the beginning, and I've been doing this for many, many, many years, and this is what works for me. And I'd love to hear how it works for other people. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, next up we have Amy G., followed by Nancy T. Hi, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you so much for your service. So 
And strange as this may seem to those who do not understand, you know, to me that really stands out because for me, what was different this time of all the times that I said, you know, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to lose weight, or I'm going to put the weight back on. You know, when I came, moved home to my parents' house in my early 20s and started working this recovery program, I, I, you know, in my case, I needed to gain weight. What was different? You know, when they talk about a psychic change, it's an internal condition. Nothing had changed on the outside for me, but because of this psychic change, because of this recovery program and its 12 steps, they noticed something different in me and in my behavior. And for many of us, you know, things don't change. The weight becomes a secondary issue, and it does come off. But the reality of the internal change, the mental obsession being relieved, the ability to reach out and help others, as others have shared today, that is what was changing. That's what seemed different to those around me. They didn't understand what the change was, but I can tell you they liked it, and so did I. And I think it's deceptive when it says suddenly finds himself. You know, the sentence following it has two very important words in it, necessary and required. To me, these are not suggestions. The 12 steps are, in its totality, need to be worked. I know for me, suddenly, when I finally admitted my powerlessness, I no longer felt alone because I had the fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. I know when I admitted that I needed a power greater than myself and was willing to turn my will and my life over to that power, I knew then and believed in those in whom the problem had been solved that I was now tapping into a power that would allow me to be free of the mental obsession. And that was a sudden thing for me. And then as I worked the steps and got to steps eight and nine, all of a sudden I realized that the food was not calling to me. So for me, there were a lot of suddenlies as I worked the program as is required and necessary. It is a simple effort, easy program, complicated people, as they say. But it works if you work it. And that's what this program offers us, freedom internally as well as externally. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Amy G. Next up, we have Nancy T. followed by Russ M. Thank you, Terry. Good morning. Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. Um, I love that while we're talking about the powerlessness and the hopelessness of our situation, according to the doctor's opinion, this twofold disease that we have, that all of a sudden it throws in these nuggets, these paragraphs of hope. Um, this paragraph is a promise of hope. And I'm, I'm described right there in the middle. I was the person who seemed doomed, who had so many problems, he despaired of ever solving them. I literally was telling myself right um, right before I surrendered, I was telling myself, I'm just going to die fat. I was 372 pounds at my top weight. I had tried everything, so I thought, um, except for these few simple rules. Um, but I had tried everything. I just couldn't get it. And I, I was even justifying my thought that I'm going to die fat. It's not so bad. I mean, people like me. I have a good job. My family loves me. It's just my story. I'm going to die fat. I've tried everything. And um Thankfully, I listened to this meeting regularly, and I was listening to the meeting, and once again, I'd heard it a million times if I'd heard it once. If you follow the instructions exactly as it's written in the big book, you will get the spiritual experience, which will solve your problems. And I couldn't say I had done it exactly. I had done all the way through nine, but when it got to living in 10, 11, 12, I could not say I had done that. And luckily, one of my character defects is stubbornness. 
I was stubborn enough to say, by golly, I'm not going out without saying I tried it and it didn't work. And um, I had been talking with a lady who was recovered and I got honest with her and said, you know, I know I've been kind of putting myself off as a recovered person here, but I'm not. I'm in the food. I don't think this is going to work, but will you help me? I had doubts, but I was willing what Amy just said about the necessary and required. I was willing to put the necessary effort in to work the steps as they're written in the big book. And maybe my motive at the time was just so I could show you guys it didn't work. But what happened is this amazing psychic change that it talks about at the beginning of this paragraph um, occurred for me. And I tell you what, I live in 10, 11, and 12 today. I do not let my disease get even a toehold in. I, if something comes up, I deal with it. I have a, um, I followed the few simple rules. They were, I love how they say it's a simple program for complicated people. Well, and that's because I complicate the heck out of anything. But I am, I'm just so excited today. My, the joy in my life today is working with other people and sharing this message of hope, um, such as listed in this paragraph today, that there is, a, there is hope for those who seem doomed who had so many problems, he thought he could never solve them. There is hope, and it's in this book, and it's in these steps. And you will get the psychic change if you do work the steps. And I have to say, I'm also excited about seeing many of you who will be at the birthday party this week. Woohoo! I fly out tomorrow. Can't wait to see you. Thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you, Nancy T. Next up, we have Russ M., followed by Deborah M. Morning, Ari. Good morning. Family, Russ M., Recover Compulsive Overeater outside of Philly. So the only effort necessary is that we follow, uh, you know, these, these simple rules, right, the steps. So I have a buddy that I've known for about 20 years. Past five years, we've become really close, and he's just a superstar. I mean, this guy's an ace. Beautiful dude. He might punch me in the mouth if he heard me calling him beautiful, but he's a great guy. Yeah, it seems to have everything, right? But he's battling our disease. He's bad on it. And, you know, I've turned him on to our meeting. I've t- talked to him about the big book. I've 12-stepped him. Now, yesterday morning, he texted me, Cuz, what do you have for breakfast? What's up for lunch? What's going on for dinner? And I just texted him back. I said, Mike, you know, these are all well and good, this meal, but it's, a, it's not a dollar size. And I had a little, fr- little frustration building up because I love him. Now, I take a bullet for this guy. He's a good dude, man, really good. But he, did, he didn't understand it. And then I looked at myself and said, my Abby showed up in 2008, 2007. And I managed to, to yo-yo and linger and uh, lollygag around for 12 years or 11 years before I got in the program. So, yes, we got to follow these rules. We have to do it thoroughly. But I can't be beating people over the head about it either. You know, people held my hand. So I'm, I'm willing to hold, hold someone else's. And, uh, you know, this ego deflation, it's like it happens automatically if you do the steps thoroughly. And I'm still working the steps because my ego got in there yesterday a little bit, you know. Um because I love him. I love the big He's a great guy. I don't want to see him for um, But this is great, man. I have nothing if I don't have this program. I have nothing if I don't have this program because it, it brings me to God. So I, 
Thank you, guys. I love you. Thank you, Russ M. Next up, we have Deborah M., followed by Laura, and I didn't get the first initial of your last name, Laura. Deborah, go ahead. Good morning. Thank you all for your service. My name is Deborah M. from the East Coast, Western New York. And this twofold disease was a real curiosity to me. I could understand my allergic reaction to certain foods, but I could not understand that first thought was just as powerful as the allergy. And it would put a leash around me and it would put a collar on me and it would drag me to the store. It would drag me to binging at night. It just, I had no power over it. Sometimes I would literally have those mental, those blank spots and realize, my gosh, I just finished a whole bag of potato chips and don't even remember starting them. And I was in and out of the rooms for many years and I, I wanted to know why about those thoughts come from a psychiatric background and I wanted to pick up those, I wanted to analyze those thoughts, wanted to do the program, but I didn't know a sick mind cannot cure a sick mind. So through years of doing the steps halfway, thank you, God, something broke through and I realized through listening to all of you that my thought was like my little puppy, where if you want to train a dog, you would say sit and give him a treat. And you could do that and that dog would begin to sit automatically. I realized through listening and doing the steps halfway, somewhere, not my fault, don't know how I got it, never chose it, none of us would choose this. But if a thought came into my head, who knows what it was, would be about, but something would trigger that response of wanting to pick up. And it just happened. I had no more control over it than my dog. When I would say sit, he would just sit after a while. I came to understand for me that when I took action, it began, and being honest, it began to break that cycle. I began to be aware before I picked up. Maybe in the beginning, it was in the middle of picking up. I can't say how, but I knew by following those instructions, being honest, even weighing my food, it was breaking that synopsis for me. I am so grateful that I received that awareness. I didn't have to. God didn't have to give it to me. I should have just followed the steps because it was the next right thing to do. But I'm so grateful for that moment of clarity. And that, for me, was the beginning of recovery. So thank you so much. I pass. Thank you, Deborah M. Next up is Laura. And if you would give us the first initial of your last name. Hi, this is Laura S. in Rock Hill, Maryland. Are you able to hear me? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Um, I've been in program for over 30 years and um, incredibly grateful to be abstinent. Uh, I'm new, new to this meeting. And, um, you know, I'm looking at this paragraph, and I think the word that struck out at me more than any other was psychic. And, um, you know, pre-program the idea of a psychic, like a person, 
an otherworldly person that could read into me and figure out my problems and fix me or tell me what to do to fix me was more the kind of magic I was looking for. And I was, um, while we've been on the line, I looked up the word psychic, psychic change. And it there there are dual meanings described. And one of them does have an otherworldly, unnatural quality, which to me is like a higher power quality, an intervention. Um, but the other meaning of psychic, and I think the way it's used here, is a total soul and spiritual change. Um, and and it can't be explained. It can't be understood. It can only be experienced and felt for me. Um, and, you know, I have experienced this where before I felt like there was absolutely no way that I could ever stop binging, ever stop being overweight, um, that for years and years now, for decades, this has been lifted, that I was able to get married a few years ago and I was able to offer um desserts at that wedding that are not products that I eat and they were like an object to me they were not they were not a a source of strain or stress or something that I had to consume that that is a complete psychic change um and I think you know how this relates to life today, life on life's terms today, is that we learn to practice these principles in all our affairs. So since God has and is continuing to make that change in me in the area of food, how does it relate to the rest of my life? Because I'm still a problem person. The big book tells me we are problem people. I'm still a problem person. And it happens to be a time in my life, having just bought a new house, that there are lots and lots of problems. And what this paragraph reminds me of is that, you know, a complete psychic change can happen to me even while there are loads and loads of problems happening that when I trust in the God of my understanding, I can navigate these things, first of all, abstinently, most importantly, abstinently, but also with a sober mindset. Now, I'm not going to say I'm doing this perfectly. Thank you. But uh, I'm grateful for progress and not perfection. Thank you all. Thank you so much, Laura F. Okay, it looks like we have time for two, maybe two more two-and-a-half-minute shares. Who wants to jump in? Ramona A. Ramona. Sandy S. And Sandy S. Okay, go ahead, Ramona. Okay, hi. Uh, This is Ramona A. Republic in Vermont. And I guess, you know, I've heard so many good shares and I thank you all for all of them today and I don't know that I have anything new but maybe I can give some hope from my experience that uh, I surrendered my main substance July 28, 2008 and after that for the most part was abstinent but you know I didn't follow the steps exactly Uh, my sponsor didn't follow them exactly with me and no blame there, but that was that was what I accepted to do. And then um, I had some, you know, some uh, breaks and some losses. But after the last 
getting, you know, breaking abstinence. And while I was traveling a couple of years ago, I said, well, I will get a sponsor and I will follow these steps exactly. And that's what did it. That's what did it. I uh, lost the weight, but everything changed then. Really changed my life. And now it's, you know, there is that recovered feeling. And the, the idea that... Um, you know, you can have it too. You don't have to have the halfway experience that I lived through. You know, it just half measured availed of nothing. It didn't give me what I really, really wanted. But working the steps completely, you know, as they're written out and continuing to work them, that's what gave me what, and what continues to give me what I wanted. So thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Ramona. Next up, we have Sandy S. Hi, Sandy S. Hi. Sandy S. Recovered from Asheville, North Carolina. Yeah, I experienced the psychic change 42 years ago when I became entirely abstinent um, in a moment. Um, and, and each day I experienced the psychic change. Uh, I am not neutral with food. I am entirely abstinent. Um, the psychic change is who does not rule me anymore, just for today. And I'm there. I don't want to be neutral with food, actually. I just feel um, it's just such a tricky addiction. But the real psychic change I'm interested in is not about the food anymore. I mean, the food, it's like oxygen. I got to have oxygen in order to function. I got to be abstinent in order to function. The real psychic change is is with regard to my emotional reactivity, I keep thinking, what's the name for my primary addiction? Definitely food is, is there. But the real allergy of my body and the twist of my mind, in addition to the food, is uh, my, my fear. You know, fear based in terms of not reality fear. Just fear of, actually the fear is of my overreaction. You know, and in sharing, uh, this is something I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. I have extreme emotions. But, you know, and I accept it. And I am using this program to help me navigate that. I'm either highly effective and balanced and experiencing like, wow, life is wonderful. I love it. Or the next moment, shit, what happened? You know, why am I overreacting to something that's, not important. And, uh, you know, the 10th step has been monumental. The 11th step has been monumental. You know, I just want to say selfishness, self-centeredness, it's something I'm powerless for. It's a prison. It's a torture. I am happiest when I'm not thinking about myself and my pain, when I'm really looking to see how can I help others. And it's amazing. I have been helping others not just in the program, but in my personal life, with my family, with everyone. And it's not me that's doing this. It's really a higher power. And that is the core of the program for me, to be honest and say, yes, I still doubt that there's a caring higher power, and that's okay. I can act as if there's one, and I'm getting the same result. And with that, I pass. Perfect. Thank you so much, Sandy S. Thank you to everyone who shared. 
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, January 16th, is 12,426. That's one, two, four, two, six. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy T. please read? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Nancy T., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Lewiston, Idaho. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.